But I got to turn this on. All right, can you guys hear me? Hey, well, hello. Good morning. Good morning. I really wasn't even going to say anything about Revive Women, so I guess now that that's been put out there, I probably better better say something about it. So really, it's just kind of in the works right now. Um, the Lord over the past four to five years has just really been dealing with me with some different things and teaching and writing Bible studies. Okay, and I'm, I'm getting used to this thing. So can I just be myself and just kind of be goofy every once in a while or whatever? Um, but anyway, so Revive Women is just kind of getting itself off of the ground. Um, hopefully we'll release some uh, Bible studies, maybe do some live podcasts, some uh, live Facebook things, um, and just have other people, other women in the community kind of give them a voice. People that may be pastors, may be well-known in the area, but people that maybe are just the stay-at-home mom. And it's like, hey, what's the Lord doing in your life right now? And give them a chance, give them a voice, because you know what, ladies, we all have a voice. Amen? And we have a choice if we're going to use it or not. And just because you may not have a platform to be up on a stage or, or be musically gifted or whatever. By the way, this worship team, holy moly, they are anointed. Amen? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a place King David says this. Gosh, I hope I have time to get through this, but you know what? We're going to go with it. King David says, I believe it's in um, Psalms 25 verse 1. He says that uh, the worshipers usher in the prophetic. Okay, and so, I mean, the prophetic is just the voice of God coming down upon us and all of us hearing him and seeing what he has to say to all of us. And so these worshipers that are up here, we're all worshipers too, but they're leading us into this time. And I just want to encourage you guys throughout the rest of the, the sessions today and into church tomorrow, engage with all of your heart into worship. Usher in the King of Kings and let him minister to you the way he wants to minister to you. Amen? Okay, awesome. We are off to a good start already. Praise the Lord. Lord, hallelujah. Um, how many of you were not here last night? All right, see, quite a few of you. Shelly was incredible. Wasn't she, for those that were here last night? She, you know, she made it so comfortable in here. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be so great. I love it. Um, but welcome you that are here this morning for the first time. We're so excited for ha to have you guys here. Um, quickly, uh, I know um, they just kind of talked a little bit about who I was. Yes, my husband is Adam. He is Matt's brother. So that is the Lowry Association there. Um, I want to introduce my family to the screens. If you'll, whoop, there we are. There's my gang right there. I love them. They are my people. They are my tribe. I love everything about them. That handsome man right there that is actually an adult human is my husband. Um, and then starting from, let's see, it would be your left. So next to me in number 58 there, Von Miller, that's my son Austin. And then uh, my son Dylan there in the Cubs shirt in the middle, he is uh, 14 and he is actually at his first baseball tournament today. So missing a game, it's kind of tugging on mama's heartstrings a little bit, but I'm just praying that he's going to have a blast today. And then Evan, the one in the glasses, he um, he actually is a worshiper, and so he oversees the youth worship team at a church in Colorado, and he's actually going to be leading, co-leading in the main this weekend, so I'm really excited for him, praying anointing upon him in Jesus' name. Um, and then this is my daughter, Michaela. She's the baby girl of the family. She's a gymnast, so her and Paige Lowry, which a lot of you probably know, flip around, and they are the best of friends when they are together, very close in age, and so... It's great. Whew, got to take a breath here. So that's my family. The reason I picked this picture to show you is because I was born in Colorado. I am a Colorado native, 
I am a hardcore Denver Bronco fan. It's who I am. I appreciate that. Do we have any Kansas City Chief fans in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and I will say this year, you guys, you guys get that. I, 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 um, I don't know, whatever, but yes, you guys win. But can we all agree to just not love the Raiders? Can we all just do that? Yeah, unity, woo, unity in the body, so good. Okay, and then, uh, and so I married into an incredible family, the Lowrys, and they are Cubs fans. So my baseball team is not the Colorado Rockies, it is the Chicago Cubs. In fact, uh, one of the things Shelly talked about last night, she said, um, she said, you know, Sometimes when you need to get your man's attention, you got to say the key word, the trigger word. You guys remember that, those that were here? Soon as we were done, Michael, my father-in-law, comes up to me and he said, Leslie, what's the key word? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's all, what's the key word for me, Matt, and Adam? Chicago Cubs. He's all, yep, yep, awesome, woohoo! So if I want to get my man's attention, or Matt, or Michael, it's Chicago Cubs. And they're like, what can I, what, yeah, what's going on? Can you help me empty the dishwasher? Oh, so... Okay, we're going to just move on ahead. Let's, let's get to the reason we are here today. Um, so when Matt had mentioned you guys were going to do, this is the first conference, correct? Women's conference? Yeah. And he said, uh, he, he said the title, Believe, Behold, Become. I immediately was like, oh, Jesus, I know you're working on me with, with a particular part of this. So I got on the phone with Shelly, and we started talking through this. And I said, Shelly, the Lord's really been dealing with me with belief. And she's like, I got Holy Spirit goosebumps or whatever you said. I just loved it. And she said, because I love behold and become. And so we just saw the Holy Spirit just orchestrate from the very beginning the way this was going to play out. And so today I'm going to talk to you about believe. And the reason I say that this is very dear to me right now is my husband and I have now, um, over the last year, we have been called into a season that I've never experienced before where we have to absolutely believe the Lord. He called us out of full-time ministry. Um, we were at a church in Colorado for nine years and just said, would you step out? Would you step out and go into the next thing I've called you to do? And we have no idea. Well, we're, we're now learning what those things are, but at the time, he wasn't giving us any direction. And so it was a complete step of faith, and we have to believe him. We've, we had to believe him, and we have to continue to believe him on this journey. And so for me, this is very dear to my heart. Some of this may seem like um, Christianity 101 to you, but is it okay to go back to the basics sometimes? That's sometimes, we just got to go back there, right? So, um, so let's talk about belief. Believe is a, um, it, in the, it, it's all over the Bible, but especially in the New Testament. It's used about 120 plus times in the New Testament, give or, um, give or take, depending on the translation of the Bible you use. In the Old Testament, it's only used about 25 times, roughly. Um, and so we, we know all through the Old Testament, Jesus is like, believe in me, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in me shall not perish but have eternal life, right? Believe, believe, believe. That word in the Greek is the word pastor. Dio, I think I'm kind of not a Greek scholar or Hebrew scholar, even though I like to dabble in it. But, um, and it, it basically just means what we know believe to mean, to trust, to have confidence in. Okay, it's just believe, just believe in me. Um, and so today, I want us to try to get a deeper understanding of what this word means. I want us to try, I'm a visual learner, and so 
um, if I can see a picture of what this word is trying to say, I'll retain it better and I'll, I'll take it with me into the future, hopefully till the day I die. So that's what I want to try to do with us today, all right? And by the end of this morning and the, even the end of this conference, there are two things I want us to have firmly established. The first one is that we believe God and we believe that when he, what he says to us will come to pass. Okay, whether it's a dream in your own life or um, you know, a direction he wants to take you or whatever, when his word goes forth, it will come to pass. The second thing is I want you to believe in yourself. Not because you are amazing, but because of who you are in Christ. Okay, in Christ, he has given you authority. He has given you power. He has given you dominion. And sometimes we do really good with I believe God here, but we don't do good with, oh, you know, it's really good for that person, but I don't know if it's good enough for me. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm worthy Okay, and I want, but I want to, to drill both of those today. So when you walk away from here and we go into next session, you're confident in both of those. Okay, um, so to begin, I want to go back to the first place in the Bible we see the word believe. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to Genesis 15. And I'm going to kind of set the stage before we begin actual reading. We're going to talk about Abram today. He's Abram because his name has not been changed to Abraham yet, but if I go between names, you guys know who we're talking about. So Abram was called out of, a, out of his land by God and said, and God told him, go to a land that I'm calling you to, that I'm going to bless you in. And so Abram leaves, and, and uh, this is my Israel, Canaan, right here. <laughs> So you guys, when you see me like doing this, you're like, oh, okay, she's talking about the land. So Abram's coming out of uh, um, Haran, and he's kind of coming down from the north into Canaan. And the first stop he comes to is a place called Shechem. And here the Lord appears to him, and he says, hey, Abram, you see this land? I'm going to give it to your offspring. And Abram's like, hmm, it's a good word, Lord. Okay. And he builds an altar. Now at this point in Abram's life, he does not have any children, so he's like, okay, offspring, that's good, I'm down with that. And then he build, builds this altar. Now the thing that I love about this, and probably many of you have heard this, he builds an altar, and I believe it's to represent that um, it's like a memorial. It's like a, okay, God, I got a word from you, and I'm going to remember, and I'm going to honor you here. I don't know if any of you are journalers. If you're not, I would highly encourage you to. Because a lot of times the Lord will speak something to us, you journal it, you date it, because you may need to come back to that a lot when, when your unbelief starts coming up. And you're just like, huh, did I hear right? So Abram builds an altar. And then he continues his journey down, and he comes to a place um, between two towns. One is called AI, or A, I don't even know how you say it, but the Bible app reads it to me as AI. So I call it AI, but it's really how it's spelled, capital A-I-A, -A, whatever, and Bethel. Now, if you are reading this story, if you're reading this chapter, you will miss this part. You will skim over it. But everything in the Bible is written for a reason. And if you will slow down and say, Holy Spirit, why is that in there? He'll reveal it to you. And this is going to give us some good insight into Abram. Okay, he comes to these two towns. He's positioned between these two towns. And the Bible says he calls on the name of the Lord. It does not tell us what he said. And it does not say that God responded to him. 
but he built an altar. Okay, what happened? Some, okay, let's, let's look at this real quick. The town AI means, in Hebrew, it means bend, twist, or ruin. Okay? Bethel means house of the Lord. I believe in this moment, Abram came to a place where he's like, okay, here I am in this country. God told me to come to this country. Then he tells me I'm going to have offspring, but in my natural, I don't see any of this really happening. I think this is the land I'm supposed to occupy, but I don't see any children. And so you're seeing this wrestling happening within Abram between these two places of God. I want to believe your word, but something is trying to twist and ruin and bend the word of the Lord. And so you're seeing this inner struggle. And so what does he do? He builds an altar. He says, all right, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to build an altar because I'm going to remember the word. I'm going to remember the word that was spoken. So then Abram continues his journey down into the Negev. He goes into Egypt. That's a mess. I'm not going to go into it today. Those of you that um, want to know about it, please read. Just that, and that's, sorry, I'm going to get on a rabbit trail real quick. That's the point of the word. That's the point of coming to conferences. That's the point of coming to church. It's for the teachers to give you a piece of meat and then you to take it home and dig it out. Feed yourself the word of God. He's going to reveal more to you than Shelly or I can do today. Okay? And so, anyway, so that's Egypt. So then he gets kicked out of Egypt. Did you like my little kick? Kicked out of Egypt. Okay. And, um, and where does he go? He comes back right back into Canaan. And he returns right back to the, town, or to the place between Ai and Bethel. And again, calls on the name of the Lord. Doesn't tell us what he said. And it doesn't tell us that God answered him. At this point in the story, this is where Lot and Abram split ways. They part ways and go different directions. Lot goes over towards um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abram goes, um, well, the Lord says, hey, this is all your land. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to land? So Abram goes to a town called Hebron, okay? Hebron, Hebron. This is actually the first place um, in the Bible where the word Hebrew is used. Hebron means Hebrew in Hebrew, okay? This, I believe, speaks to Abram's identity, the beginning parts of his identity. God is confirming within Abram that you're in the right land. Because Abram, now you are going to a place called Hebrew. You are now Abram the Hebrew. Okay? Do you see that? So he, in, while he is in Hebron, the Lord appears to him again. Now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna up the ante here. The Lord appears to him and says, Hey, Abram, remember how I told you that you're going to have a lot, a lot, like a lot, some offspring? He said, Let me tell you, if you can count the dust of the earth, that's how much your offspring will be. That's how much. And Abram's like, really? Okay. Builds an altar. Let's build an altar. We're going to date it. We're going to remember this is what the word of the Lord is saying. I don't have any kids, but I guess this is supposed to happen some, at some point. You see, Abram was 75 years old when he left his homeland and began his journey down. It would be, he would be 86 years old, 11 years later before he would have his first child. And that was going to be Ishmael. Ishmael was not the covenant child. Ishmael was not the one that, that the blessing was to flow from. Abram was going to have to wait until he was 99 to see his son Isaac be born. Isaac was going to um, bring forth the blessing. The covenant was going to flow through Isaac. That's almost 25 years. You see, ladies, we live in a microwave um, generation. 
We want things now, right? Drive through restaurants, drive through coffee places. Your kid asks you a math question, and you're like, I don't know, let's Google it. Ask Siri, ask Alexa, right? They're all girl names, too. It's funny. But, um, you know, but technology is amazing. And when it doesn't come immediately, we're like, come on, what's wrong with the stupid phone? You know, we freak out about it. Guys, the Lord does not really care what generation we're living in. He might look at us and say, hey, I'm going to promise you that, and I'll be with you in just a few minutes. We're, and minutes to the Lord could be like 50 years down the road. He's like, yeah, I told you I was coming right back. We're like, Lord, I, I mean, we got, we, got to, we got to get a little bit stronger here. When we don't see that word come to pass in a week, in two weeks, all of a sudden we're th- thinking, oh, I missed it. I, I missed it. It wasn't the Lord. No, no, no. You date it. Hear what the Lord has to say, you date it. And then when that unbelief and stuff comes up, you go back and you declare the word of the Lord. Amen? Yeah, all right, good. Okay, so, um, so Abram's in, yeah, Abram's in um, Hebron. And let's pick up the reading. We're going to be in chapter 15, just starting in verse 1. I told you we'd get there. It says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in another vision. Okay, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but his son, who is your own flesh and blood, will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up in the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Here we go. The third time the Lord has said, your offspring. Verse 6, that's your key verse right there. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed. He said, Lord, that's the third time you've told me I'm going to have children. I believe it in my heart. I'm making a decision right now. I believe it. And the Lord looks at him and says, you're now right with me. That's right. That's the right attitude. Now, it's interesting. If you can continue reading that chapter, um, he... uh, Abram is still questioning. He walks right into another question following that. We're not going to get into it. But he, but he says, okay, Lord, you're going to give me this offspring, and, and this is the land I'm to occupy, but how do I know I'm t- to take possession of it? How do I know I'm to do that? And the Lord um, puts him into like a, a deep sleep, gives him a vision, and actually uh, Abram prepares a sacrifice, and the Lord comes through with fire and honors it, and another covenant is made. So it's solidified in that chapter. Okay, he's going to be a father to many nations. He's going to have a lot, a lot of offspring. Um, and he is to occupy and take possession of the land. That word believe, I want to focus on that word believe for the rest of our time. It's a Hebrew word. And it, um, I'm going to read you the definition. Let me get there. Uh, it is really great if I can find it. Here it is. Okay, it's the, it's the Hebrew word amen. Okay? Sounds like amen, right? And it, its primary meaning is that of providing stability and confidence. It can it signify the support of a pillar to nurse, trust, and turn to the right. Now, there are two meanings in that definition that I want to focus on because these are incredible. They'll, they'll bring life to this word belief, okay? The first one is to support a pillar, Okay? 
Now, let's think of a pillar in the natural. Okay, think of like the White House, the Lincoln Memorial, the Parthenon, all these places that have these gigantic pillars. What is their job? What's the job of a pillar? It's to, it's to hold up a ceiling or support something, right? Um, a lot of times, pillars have this intricate artwork. They're stunning. They're beautiful. Um, they also can line up and point uh, people to an ornate door, to like a fancy, beautiful door. They, they direct people to the front door, okay? You and I in Scripture are metaphorically compared to pillars in many places. So let's read a couple of these, all right? Um, we're going to look at uh, Galatians 2.9, first of all. It says, this is Paul talking. And recognizing the grace that has been given to me, James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me Barnabas and the right hand of fellowship so that we might go to the Gentiles and they to be circumcised. John, James, and Cephas, they, their reputation in the Jewish culture and now beginning among the Gentiles they, their reputation was they were pillars. They were strong. They represented something, something secure, something firm. You see that? Okay. Now listen to 1 Timothy 3.15. It says, I write so that you will know how you ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of truth. Ladies, we got to know how to conduct ourselves to the world. We got to know how to, how to conduct ourselves. We are the pillar. We're the support to the word of God. Okay? Do you remember how I said pillars direct people to the front door? Jesus Christ is the front door to eternity. He's the front door to the kingdom of heaven. Our job is to point the world. We got to know how to conduct ourselves. We got to know how to support the truth that says the only way through Jesus Christ, not any other religion, not any other, th other thing the world conjures up with. There is one way, and I, I, hate, I don't hate to say it because it's truth. There is a heaven and a hell. It is a reality. And there are many people in this world that are hell-bound unless we take our place and say the only way to Jesus, the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. You see that? Okay, Psalms, oh, the, and, and so also in the, Cana, uh, in the ancient times, um, they would build these pillars, like in a courtyard, just a standalone pillar, and it would be a place where a community could come around, okay? People would be like getting their grapes and their wine and their bread or whatever. They're like, hey, meet me at the pillar, let's hang out, whatever. So they would go to this pillar, and, um, and it would just be a hangout. It's a gathering. Same with us. We should be a, a place where the world feels safe to come. We should not walk in judgment, not condemnation. You guys, sinners are sinners. They don't know any other better. They don't know any better, right? We look at sinners and we're like, I can't believe they would act that way. It's like they have not come alive in Christ. Why? What are they supposed to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like we need to be attractive to them where they feel safe to come to us. Like, what's different about you? Why are you so happy? Did you read the news? Did you listen to this, blah, blah, blah? Man, I'm firm in the Lord. I know where my salvation is. You know, like, um, so Psalms 144.12 says, let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned for a palace. We are daughters of the King of Kings. We should be pointing the world 
other women, even men, I mean, in a healthy way, should be drawn to us, right? We point them to the front door. We're put in a palace. We're part of a kingdom that will never be shaken. Ladies, when we don't, when we don't believe that God's very nature is that he is love and he is merciful and he is compassionate and he is slow to anger and he is good to us. We have a crack in our foundation. When we don't believe that I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy. Leslie, do you know what I just did this morning? Do you know how I just yelled at my kids before I ran off to the conference? We let condemnation, we let shame, we let guilt come in and say, yeah, you really shouldn't even be here amongst these women. We got a crack. We got a crack in our foundation. And when there are cracks in the foundation, what happens to a pillar? Begins to, to fall a little bit. Looks, begins to get a little weak and shaky. And when the storms of life really start picking up, what's going to happen to that pillar? It's going to be devastated in no time. We don't have time for that. We got to go back to our foundation and say, Lord God, have mercy. Am I not believing something that is true about you? Am I challenging you? Am I, did something not go the way I thought it was supposed to go? And so in that, I am de I'm declaring you as maybe not as good as I think is, as you really are. Am I not really believing you? And in the same way, God, I, I don't know that you've really given me authority in that area. Uh-uh, you have authority. And it's not about anything you do. It's about him and because of, he died for you. That is the bottom line. It's who he made you to be. So he didn't just save us. You know, he did. Praise the Lord, we are heaven bound. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, rose again. We are heaven bound. But as we are on this earth, until the day we go home, he either returns or we go home. Do you know you have a mandate on your life? Do you know you have assignment, every single one of you? None of you are without excuse in here. Let's hear what Jesus has to say about this. This is Mark 16, 15 through 20. This is right after he's getting ready to ascend to the Father. He says, it says, and then he told them, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news everywhere. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved, but those who refuse to believe will be condemned. And whoever, oh, I'm sorry, and those who believe shall use my authority here we go. This is, so we're preaching. We use his authority to cast out demons, to speak new languages. They will even be able to handle snakes safely. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. And they will be able to place their hands on the sick and heal them. This is your assignment. Amen. Holy Spirit is like getting this one, this side of the room. Come on, ladies. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> then the Lord Jesus, when he finished talking with them, he was taken up to heaven and sat down right at God's right hand. And the disciples, don't miss this part. And the disciples went everywhere preaching. And the Lord was with them and confirmed what they said by the miracles that followed their messages. <laughs> right? Oh, so good. I feel the Lord right now. The Holy Spirit. Ladies, when the Lord comes upon you, when you surrender yourself and you say, God, I believe in you, and I believe that you want to use my life, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you and says, I want you to go lay hands on that person right there. They have a bad back or something. And you're like, oh, are you really telling me to do that, God? 
She went, he just said, it is actually his job to confirm what you are about to do through miracles. That means if you will just step out in faith and you will believe and you will go and lay your hands on that person, it becomes his total job to confirm it. I'm getting snagged. He has to back that. He has to back the truth. It's what he said he will do. He will confirm it through miracles and signs and wonders. This is powerful. This is so good. But Leslie, I just don't know if I can do that. I just, I just don't know. Listen to Jeremiah 1, 17 through 19. This is what God says. He says, get up and get dressed and go out and tell them whatever I tell you to say. Don't be afraid of them or else I will make a fool of you in front of them. Ah, oh, For see today, I have made you impervious to their attacks. They cannot harm you. You are strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar. Here we hear that word again. The heavy gates of brass. All the kings of Judah, its officers, priests, and people will not be able to prevail against you. They will try. Oh, he's letting you know you're going to have some confrontation. They will try, but they will fail. For I am with you, says the Lord. I will deliver you. I want to challenge you ladies today. Believe in who you are. Believe in what the Lord says. Believe in the mandate, the authority he has given you to walk in and watch what he will do through you. Watch what he will do through you. The second part of that definition that really stuck out to me um, the Lord showed me in about five seconds what that looked like. And it revolutionized the way I look at this word believe. And I want to share it with you. I was in a prayer meeting about a week and a half ago with some girls. And I, we were praying about just some tough things they were going through. And one in particular, I, I just have my eyes closed. And I'm like, Lord, I see this giant in front of my face. I see this thing that, that looks pretty much impossible to come down. And, and as my eyes are closed and I see this vision, it's like I see the doubt. I see the fear. I see the, Lord, is this really your will? A giant that's trying to attack you is never the will of the Lord. It's never the will. But, but I'm just giving you um, an invitation into my brain, the way I think a lot. Okay, and I, so, I, so I begin to entertain almost doubt and just like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And over on this side of the giant, I just see this, yeah, like, do you believe? And in that moment, I feel the Holy Spirit say, Leslie, do you believe I can take that down? And I said, yes, Lord, I believe you. I believe you can do it. He said, then turn to the right. Turn to the right. Belief was kind of on this side. This doubt and fear is kind of on this side. Turn to the right. I hadn't even been thinking about this message. I mean, I've been studying for it, but I hadn't even been thinking about this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, turn to the right. Wait a minute. That's part of the definition of amen for belief. Turn to the right. So in that moment, check this out, ladies. This is crazy. You have a giant in front of you. Maybe it's an attack against your health. Maybe it's an attack against your marriage. Maybe it's an attack against your finances, your children, whatever. The list goes on, doesn't it? This giant stands right in front of you. And guess what will always be an option? It will always be present is doubt and fear. It'll always be an option. No matter how mature you get in your faith, it's not like we all of a sudden become fearless. And, and, and you know, it, it's not like these things go away. It's what do we do with them present. 
And on this side is believe. Believe the Lord. And what is he saying? He says, turn to the right. It's an actual position change. It's an actual posture change. You said, because now what happens? Who's behind me? Doubt. Fear, all those things that are questioning me are behind me. Maybe this giant is still to the side, but I see the Lord. I see my victor. I see my champion right there, and he's going to go right after that thing. Do you see that? That is powerful. That is so good. Listen to this. Remember Abram? Between Ai and Bethel, what's he going to do? Turn to the right. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to listen to what you told me, and that's what I'm going to stand on. That's what I'm going to believe. Not this other stuff that's trying to rob and twist and ruin every word that you've spoken to me. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen to King David. This is what King David says in Psalm 16, 6 through 8. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The boundary lines. Ladies, the Lord has given you land. He has given you a land to occupy. It's your family. It's your job. It's your church community. It's your children. This is your land. The boundary lines have fallen for you in pleasant places. He says, uh, surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. The Lord told me this morning, he said, there are some of you in here that are not sleeping at night. You have sleepless nights. Raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand. Be bold. Oh, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of you. We're going to pray about that in the next section, in the next section. Because guess what? The, the Lord wants you to have pleasant, peaceful sleep. Because guess what? In that time, your heart instructs you. He begins to minister to your heart at night while you are sleeping. And it is to instruct you. And that is an assignment against the enemy trying to rob you of your sleep. We're going to go after that next section. Next session. Section? Session. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. This is verse 8. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Look at this. He's at my right hand, right? But what did King David say right before that? My eyes on the Lord. I got to turn to the right. My eyes, I'm eyeball to eyeball with Jesus. He's at my right-hand side, and yet I'm eyeball to eyeball with Jesus all the time. When things try to intimidate me, when they try to scare me, I go eyeball to eyeball with Jesus, and he says, you're not going to be shaken, girl. I'm taking that down because this is your territory. This is the land I have given you. And no foreigner, no invader, though they will try, they have no authority in your land. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's see, how are we doing on time? We'll figure out where, what time do I have to be done with this session? Anybody know? Can anybody keep me in line? <laughs> well, one of the honoring of the time. Uh, wait, I see you, but I don't see you because that light is blinding my eyeballs. 10.15. Okay. All right. Let me, let me just share. Uh, wow. Let me just share a personal story with you real quickly and then... Um, and then we're going to move on. Uh, okay, journal. I told you guys I journal. I have this. And, and the Lord reminded me of this a couple nights ago. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this because I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to be very vulnerable. And um, I told you my husband and I are in a season of believing the Lord. And back in November, about the, the 19th, 17th is when I dated it, um, I just, anxiety started to come in. I'm like, Lord, it's really nice to have steady paychecks coming in. My kids are involved in sports. Um, 
Yeah, there's just so many things in that. And so I, I just began to say, God, can you just really set something straight here? Like, I want to believe you, but I'm having a tough time. Remember that, that story in the New Testament of the man that comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, heal my son. Heal this, get this demon out of him that's torturing him. He says he's been torturing him since childhood. And this, this, this has to be for years. And Jesus like, uh, I can heal him. Do you believe that I can heal him? And the man's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay, that turmoil inside you. And so I was kind of in that, that mode one morning. I was up early. I was just praying and just bearing my heart before the Lord. And, and um, I did one of those. All right, Lord, I'm just going to open the Bible, and you're going to have this amazing scripture for me. Does anybody else do that, right? You're like, this is totally going to speak to me. It's going to be a good day. Okay, and so I open to Psalms 81. And I read through the chapter, and I get towards the end. The last verse says, but you will be fed with the finest wheat, with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. I got done with that chapter, and I just shut my Bible. It was like a hard shut. And I told the Lord, I'm like, I am so mad at you. I need something right now. And you're not meeting what I'm needing. I'm asking you for something. I'm trying to believe you. I'm trying to do this right. And this is hard. And in that moment, I was sitting. I was sitting on the ground because I I sit on the furnace in the winter of my house because the heat comes up and keeps me really warm. And so I'm sitting on my furnace, and I look up. My eyes, one of the first open visions I've ever had in my life. My entire floor of my house turned into an ocean. It wasn't a stormy ocean, but it was big waves. And they were going, they they were just all over. The the sky was cloudy, wasn't storming, wasn't overly peaceful. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared right in front of me. So eyeball to eyeball. I'm just sitting there like, can anybody else see this? You know, like, I mean, everyone's asleep, but I'm just like, what's happening? And he's doing this. He's got a grin on his face, like anticipation and excitement. He's just doing this. He's walking backwards. He's just pointing his finger at me like, come on. Keep coming into the water. Keep coming into the water. There is no shoreline. I mean, I'm looking around. I'm like, shore anywhere? You know, like, are we getting to the promised land soon? Nothing. There was no promise of I'm taking you out of this. There was no promise of this season's going to end soon. It was just... Come on, let's keep doing this. Believe me, keep coming. And then you know what the next thing he said to me, I'm going to read in my journal. Um, <laughs> he's, oh, and then he said to me, he goes, you're not going under. And immediately, I, I, I knew like in the, in the picture of it, the water, but I knew when it came to my house, when it came to my finances, he was using cultural terms. You're not going under. Your finances are not going under. I'm not even concerned about your finances. I want your heart. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. And then he says to me, (laughs) Psalms 81, right? He said this to me. I will give you the choicest of wheat and honey. I will put it in your mouth. Meaning to me, he's not just going to feed me. In this season, I'm going to have the best of the best. And it may not look like material possession. It may not look like thousands of dollars. But in this moment, when I am eyeball 
to eyeball with Jesus, and he's calling me out on the water. There are greater things that are coming out in my life. There are greater things that are stirring within me, things that the riches of this world cannot even compare to. I believe he wants to do that with you because I was not really going to tell you guys that story. I did not think I had enough time. I hope that ministers to you guys, that, that particular story, because I know he wants to do that with all of you. He wants you to stay connected with him. Keep your eyes on him. If something is scary in your life right now, do, a, do an actual position and turn to the right. Where are you, Jesus? Turn your back to fear and doubt. We're going to um, wrap this up. You know what? Let's pray real quick and then I'll continue. Um, <clears throat> God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it changes us. It sets out to do what it, it needs to accomplish. It never returns void. God, help us to rest in you. Help us to rest in the things and the words that you have spoken over each one of us, God, to, to remember them and to remind you of them, not for you, but for us, for our benefit, to remember that God is still God. He is still in control, and he will do what he says he's going to do. Lord God, I just pray over each one of these women right now, if any of them are struggling with um, shout, uh, shame or unworthiness or, or just have a hard time truly understanding their identity in you, God, that you would reveal it to them right now, that you would encounter them in such a way that they cannot deny it in Jesus' name. We thank you for this time. God, we just, we just position our hearts right now to believe you for the impossible. And we give you the freedom to do whatever you want to do in each one of us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are going to get ready to let you guys have some table time. You can discuss um, whatever you want to with your table.